Defenders podcast, the number one fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. I'm Mel. I'm Matt. And I'm Robin. Yay, we got it right! Yay! <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I was really trying to focus on what to do next. I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm last, I'm last. There was so much concentration in that intro. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> um, and yeah, Good night, folks. A- <laughs> that was it. Bye. We have a very special guest with us this week. We have the mother of podcasts. I'm going to say that because I don't embarrass in her. <laughs> Uh, who already has an awesome alliterative comic book name, but I'm going to add to it by saying that she is the sassy Steph Smith. Yay! Yay. Ooh, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for inviting me, because for the past week, all I want to do is talk about Daredevil with somebody, and there's nobody to talk about it with. Look, I'm just on the other end of Skype, Steph. You know I'm always happy to talk about Daredevil or Twin Peaks. You know this. (laughs) Why is there nobody to talk about it with? Is everybody over it now? Are we, like, going week by week and... We're going week uh, by week, and we're so far behind that everybody's just passed this show by now. Yeah. Could be. Could be. <laughs> it's old news. Daredevil, that's so last week. <laughs> yeah, that's so mid-April. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was going to ask you, Steph, what is your knowledge of sort of Daredevil and the Defenders characters that, that we're covering on our show? Like, do you have any previous knowledge? I saw the Ben Affleck movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know. I was on episode, let's see, I was on episode five before I realized, oh, Lady Justice is blind. Like Daredevil. <laughs> is that a Lady Justice spoiler? <laughs> no, yeah. I'm uh, in the opening credit. And then I put it together. Hell's Kitchen. Daredevil is the devil of Hell's Kitchen. Oh. <laughs> You know, I did. Uh, I did end up going shopping with you when we were in um, Pensacola in a comic book shop and bought Daredevil there. <laughs> and I was squeeing about Daredevil to you, wasn't I, Steph? So that's yeah. all you know about it. You should make it. You should. You should make it your goal to visit every comic shop in the planet and buy one Daredevil comic from them. I, I if you are you if I start a Kickstarter, are you going to fund this, Matt? Because I'll happily yep. do that. Awesome. From <laughs> yep. every corner. Every corner of the planet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would be my reality series. Someone pick that up, please. I hope hope there's a comic shot under the ocean. (laughs) I hope there's one at the very top of Mount Everest. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) And I'll climb all the way there, and they'll have one daredevil, and I'll go, oh, I've already got this one. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Not here, damn it! (laughs) Nero's like, oh, fine, get out! I was actually going to ask you guys, um, how are you, for Robin, Matt, and Mel, for our newbies, how are you guys finding it not being spoiled? Because Robin and I kind of mentioned this earlier this week, and obviously the show is, um, you know, a lot of people have binge-watched it, and there's, like, spoilers sort of popping up everywhere. Um, but how are you guys finding not being spoiled? It's pretty easy so far. <laughs> so far, there was, although today there was one comment from a girl on my Facebook, and she's like, I tried to watch Daredevil, and I didn't like it. And then the comments were a little bit spoilery, but not super, super spoilery. Okay. I, I, I didn't read, I stopped reading as soon as I saw that people were starting <laughs> to talk about the show. But mm. I saw, like, one thing, but it wasn't spoilery at all. It was just talking about character development. Mm. Okay. There was an article on io9 in, uh, about 
them liking this this series, and I just didn't click on it because and there's, they never spoil anything in the the title. So yeah, that's good. It's not, it's not too hard. Claire, this is old news to you because I just basically have bitched at you like every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, last week I had, not, I had not seen the costume. I was like, yay, I haven't seen the costume, Nanya. Oh, yeah, I saw the costume big time <laughs> this week. I saw it like six different times. And it's also like I listen to a ton of podcasts, and podcasters are good for not spoiling things maybe the first week. Mm-hmm. But like so, so many different podcasts I listen to, and all of a sudden they're like, "Oh my gosh!" And did you watch Daredevil this week? I'm like, "You're not even a dare. You're not even a Daredevil podcast. Shut <laughs> up!" <laughs> and like they like get completely off topic. Start. Talk- I just I just hit skip, 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 skip on my downcast, and uh, until they get done with it. But uh, yeah, it's I'm I feel like I'm in a or the war zone ducking bullets and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Looking I don't want to <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I know, like, uh, like, I think Matt was saying last week, they've added the the sort of red suit to Netflix, like, on the menu. But yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's not, uh, yeah. I'll say you'll probably still, you know, you haven't been that spoiled. Well, let's talk about the red suit since we've all seen it now. No, like it. we're not going to talk about it yet. <laughs> But we've all we've seen it. Seen it. Try looking away. Uh, yeah, on Netflix. Well, what do you think of like the image you've seen of it so far? I like. So it. I guess Steph's seen it as well. I, I don't know what I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen so much. I don't know what's what. <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> I was like, eh, whatever. Okay. It's, a it's a suit. It doesn't have nipples. I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> Not in that image, Mel. The nipples come later. Oh, okay. Is there spikes? Is there spikes around the nipples? Yes, there are. Okay. There's also a very, a very. Yeah. Well, I, I can give you that that spoiler because it will it will haunt your dreams up until the final episode. Now. I'm dreaming about nipple spikes forevermore. <laughs> I'll be like Matt. Why aren't you wearing nipple spikes today? <laughs> it's it's a it's a thing that is in the world now. All the listeners are screaming right now, going, "No, my brain." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I feel about the suit just yet because, you know, every image that I've seen and, and looked away from really quickly <laughs> seems like it's gotten some work done on the image itself, like especially the cover. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I'd like to see it in action. I'd like to see it, you know, you know, physically on the show before I can really make judgment. Well, you only have a week to wait, Robin. Or do you? Maybe you have ten weeks. Maybe you have... Don't tell me anything. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I have some news, guys. Just a little bit of news. So um, our listeners uh, may have noticed that we had an extra episode out last week with Josh, who came on our podcast. was an awesome guest. We loved talking to him. Josh. Which we were discussing. Yeah, thanks, Josh. We were discussing um, uh, accessibility on Netflix for um, viewers who are visually impaired. Netflix have now added audio descriptive technology for Daredevil and I added it for some good. I'm not saying that it was all down to Defenders podcast but it was was. yeah it was it it, it wasn't because you know what I like I'm about to post that episode and I see that article in the Facebook page that hey Netflix is is, uh, added and I was like (laughs) well at least you get the word out and you know Josh was a fun interview so yeah Yeah, it was a fascinating interview yeah yeah, so yeah, that's, that's awesome news, obviously. Um, we've also had, this week, They um, there was some set photos released uh, from the filming of AKA Jessica Jones, which is obviously the next show that's coming out. And we got first images of David Tennant and Mike Coulter. Mike Coulter is playing Luke Cage. And they were pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if you guys should look at them. I don't think you should, but I'm just going to say, yeah. I haven't, 
Good, good. I looked at him, and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you later, Steph. I'll tell you later. Okay. I don't uh, want to know if Tenant is actually purple or not. I don't want to know anything. He's changed his name. He's now, he's now the Turquoise Man, and he's Yay. the Turquoise. <laughs> and he looks Teal like, is more threatening. Teal Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, there was a really good podcast I recommend out this week. Not for our newbies, though. Sorry, newbies. But if you have mm. seen the entire show on EJ Scott's podcast, Scratch the Surface, EJ Scott is the uh, boyfriend of Deborah Ann Wall, who plays Karen Page in the show. Um, Previously, he's interviewed Charlie Cox, and it was an awesome interview. It was really good. Um, But this week, he interviewed um, Stephen DeKnight, who is the showrunner, obviously, for Daredevil. And it's such a good interview. They really go into how, like, the production of the show. They talk about stuff to do with Buffy, Dollhouse... Spartacus. It's um, it's a, it's just a really interesting podcast. So I'd recommend that thoroughly. Steph, you you would definitely enjoy it. Yes. Cool. And yeah, it's cool. It's like uh, all these. I listen to so many podcasts, so it's like it's as if I'm and and, and look at the internet so much. It's like <laughs> I'm collecting all these special features, quote unquote, to check out when I'm finally finished with the show <laughs> in what July. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to, like, um, just spend a week just watching everything and reading everything and listening yes. to everything you weren't allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm caught up. I'm out of my cave. Yay. <laughs> um, so this week we are talking about episode two, Cut Man. Um, and I am just going to start going through it. So first scene, uh, sort of the cold open, Santino finds an injured Matt Murdock in the dumpster. It's quite a cool cold open. You know his name? Santino? His name's Santino. They say it a few times in the episode. Santino. I they were saying Tito. No, it's Santino. <laughs> we follow him on Twitter. <laughs> so I know his character's name. Um, yeah, it's uh, apparently as well, this was uh, when Charlie Cox was given the first two scripts for the show. This, When he read the cold open for this one, this was when he was like, I really want to do this, because he loved the <laughs> fact that this opens with him half dead in a dumpster. Uh, and we, you know, just as a, an open for the show. And also, I mentioned last week that the first two episodes can kind of be seen as almost like a, you know, a, a two-parter. Because obviously this one starts two days, I think, after episode one, after he goes to rescue the boy that we saw uh, last week. Which Matt predicted that Matt, Matt other Matt, would go and try and rescue him. <laughs> and skipping ahead. Pilot. Oh, sorry. I was saying, Anthony. Oh, go ahead, Matt. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who actually got their words out first. I was um, going to make a lame joke, but you go ahead. You probably have vital information. <laughs> no, you go first. Go with your joke. Pilot's name is Uncut Man. That's why I know it's a two-parter. That was dumb. Go ahead. Put a book. I was going to say skip, ignored. Skipping ahead. Uh, we never flash back like you would expect in a TV mm-hmm. show. What happened? You know, like. However many hours earlier, and then so I I wanted that the whole episode, and then by the end of the episode, I was fine that we didn't get it. Because we get something even more awesome. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, because him being injured the whole episode, I was like, oh, there won't be any fights in this episode. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you were very wrong. Yeah. So um, after the credits, uh, Claire and uh, Santino uh, take Matt to the apartment. And Claire's examining him. Matt wakes up when she goes to call 911, and then Matt walks towards the kitchen and collapses. <laughs> and I've put in my notes that Charlie Cox is very good at collapsing. <laughs> like, he really hits that floor. I was like, oh, ow. <laughs> and I really like Rosario Dawson. That is just great casting because she's so New York. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just perfect casting. And I like and that sh- um, you have 
her obviously speaking with Santino at the start and there then you've got her as this, this character brought into it and she's not white do you know what I mean she's actually they're actually speaking um Spanish you know what I mean it makes it, it makes the show a bit more um ethnically diverse which I quite like I don't know if I'm saying yeah. that the right way but right. you know what I mean in very New York yeah exactly it makes it yeah. seem more New York yeah it's nice that Netflix provides subtitles for uh, foreign languages on certain shows. I'm not saying they do it for all shows, but it was cool they did it for Daredevil. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure you're uh, really happy to read the note. Claire examines Matt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Every time he said Claire, I was, la- I was like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should have given me this role. They wouldn't have even had to change my name. I don't mind patching up, um, you know, a half-naked Matt Murdock. That would be fine with me. <laughs> Um, but I think it's interesting that Matt, when he sort of gets up, you know, he he goes to leave, but he goes to the kitchen because obviously he's he's still sort of really not with it and stuff. But he doesn't want to reveal to her, obviously, that he can't see where the door is. But it means that he's he's obviously not focusing, is he? He's just going in that direction. But I thought that was quite cool. It takes focus to use those senses, Matt. Yeah. And and Humphrey. Yeah. <laughs> Pay attention, Matt Humphrey. Focus your senses. Humphrey, you gotta focus. <laughs> Block it out if you need to, but sometimes I don't. I, I, I can blind. I, I have a pair of scissors here. I can blind no, them for you guys. No, yay! yay. No. Do it for the oh, podcast. <laughs> Look, I think I should go to medical school and become a nurse for the podcast. The least you can do is study law and blind yourself. Come on, now. I was just wondering, did y'all realize that she was a nurse, or what? Did you, what was coming to your mind? I, f- I figured she probably was when she didn't immediately call nine one one, but she probably still should have immediately called nine one one. I was if she's going Jeff Loeb. Yeah, if she's going to books. What did Jeff Loeb say? Uh, they, oh, well, Jeff basically, the, 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 sorry, Robin, they, with um, Rosario Dawson, when she was cast in the show, they never said who she was going to be playing. Um, they mm-hmm. sort of left it a bit of a secret, not for any reason in particular, but they just wanted something to be revealed for the first time at New York Comic Con. So they actually announced who she was playing, uh, or Jeff Loeb announced at New York Comic Con by saying that she was playing Claire Temple, a nurse who works at night. Which is actually her character is kind of an amal- um, amalgamation of two characters from the comics. One is Doctor Claire Temple, who uh, in the in the comics um, dated Luke Cage at one point um, and was married, I think, to one of the to Bill Foster, who was one of the Ant Men, I think, um, and also a character which is known as Night Nurse, who kind of patches up superheroes when they get injured, like they go to her. And, you know, and um, she patched them up and is from the, the Bendis comics, which heavily influenced the show. So they kind of combined those two characters into into her. So, yeah, Jeff Loeb spoiled it, unfortunately. Oh, OK. But it's a, it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, she's she's a, she's very unlike the night nurse in the in the comic books. <laughs> Dramatic pause. <laughs> Nobody's talking over each other. Yeah. So why wait wait why is that how is that night nurse is she like very cold and uh, not caring or or what she's yeah she's a I would say she's it's been a while since I've read those issues but she's a bit less caring she doesn't get as personally involved it's very much you go to her and it's Business. service yeah exactly yeah. Does she, does she wear? Her, does she wear her creepy superhero outfit that she wears in this episode? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
No That's sweater, the nurse's outfit. outfit. We'll talk about that <laughs> outfit later because it really reminded me of something which makes me <laughs> smile every time I see it. I've seen this episode four times. <laughs> um, so in the next scene, we have little Matt Murdock. He's watching his dad fight um, Price. I like the fact that on the wall there's a poster that says, Visit Ireland today! Because <laughs> it's just to go, they're Irish. It's like, okay. Um, I was yeah, and, very uh, confused going into this flashback because okay. I thought little Matt was already blind because in the last flashback we saw that he was blind. And just the way he was staring like wide-eyed at that television set, I thought he was just this little blind kid Me listening too. to everything. Mm, I thought that as well the first time I saw it. And then yeah. when, when Jack came back and was like, you need to patch me up, I was like, oh, don't care, you're, you're blind, son, to patch me up. Yeah, I understand you love your kid, but come on. <laughs> I'm wondering if yes, there's... I'm wondering if there's going to be a lot of ambiguity as to, like, with the flashbacks and mm-hmm. stuff, like, if it's going to skip back and forth. Well, I'm wondering if there will even be flashbacks anymore after this. Uh, maybe. There's more. We've got that important episode that has the flashbacks about Santino. <laughs> That's episode five. Maybe. Maybe it is. I just mean, like, isn't the Jack Murdoch story done in this episode? <laughs> I'm not saying. You'll get nothing out of me, Matt. Nothing! <laughs> Uh, what if I stick a knife up under your eye? Uh, ah! uh, oh, don't. Because <laughs> uh, I don't even want to think about that. What about the fact that Jack gives Matt a bottle of scotch and he's nine <laughs> and says, drink up and now sew my face up? That's dad. What, why well, it was you... for a reason. Uh, yeah, it was. Why, why the heck would you keep a pack of cards in a first aid kit anyway? I don't know. And this is one of the things that, like, no one has kind of said a reason, but a lot of people got excited on the internet, like, thinking it was what? reference to Bullseye, because Bullseye oh. obviously uses cards. But I, I don't think it is. But so I, did I, Bullseye, like, give them a first aid kit? Right? <laughs> Maybe that's Bullseye? That would be weird. <laughs> oh, that's really weird. And I, don't, nobody, I don't know. Nobody goes to the hospital in this show. Well, they can't afford it. They probably don't have insurance, like Jack Murdoch. Yes. Yeah, he just gets Matt to do it. Yeah. Stitch me up and get me a fucking costume. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the next flashback in episode three, is when you find out that Jack didn't die, and uh, the bullet to his head made him think that he was actually from Ireland, which is why there's a poster on the wall, and he becomes yes. bullseye. See? It all fits! Oh. <laughs> all connected. All makes sense. <laughs> um, I think as well in this, Seen the 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 kid who plays little Matt Skyler and um, uh, John Patrick Hayden, I think, are so good. All their scenes together in this, I yeah, I just I, I was I was a bit unsure about the uh, little Matt before I saw the show, but I just think they're so good. Their relationship in this episode, yeah, he's a fantastic kid actor. Yeah, he's really good. Um, so in the next scene is uh, Foggy and Karen in the office. Was what that Pirates of Penzance? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> and he was singing? Yes. <laughs> oh, nice. I love, love it. That. So good. But, um, yeah, Karen obviously working late because, you know, she says late she doesn't want to go home. And I absolutely... Someone in the Facebook group, I think, wanted to know what I thought about um, Deborah Ann Moore in the in the series, and I didn't say last week, but I think I really liked her in the first episode, and I think she has like great cry face, which I think you might have said as well, Steph. But yeah. I really love her in this episode, and I love her in this this scene. I think she's so good. She brings so a lot playful. of depth to this character. Yeah, yeah. there's no, kind of a lot going on. 
I found this scene annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but she's your favorite character, Mel. What are you talking about? Mm, I don't. No, I found Froggy annoying. He was too what? hyper. He was too too just Whedon-esque. <laughs> <laughs> it's too like it's just too like too snappy. I, I find Joss Whedon's characters are not real to me. Like they're just too snappy. They're too snappy, and I don't like it. It just doesn't feel real. We should so I that, um, the 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 Steph is the mother of podcasts because she <laughs> is on Pentacast, which is a Buffy podcast. So uh, Mel, you're like no, picking I'm a fight. Not, hey, I'm not a big I'm fan of Buffy. Okay, I'm okay with people finding fault with just sweet and stuff. I'm okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you have my permission. <laughs> would you prefer if if how would you prefer Foggy then to be? Because you think he's a bit hyperactive, so. No, it was just, just he was just too, too snappy, too obvious, too like it too was smooth, too smooth. It was just. Too, I think he's trying to impress her. He really. I know, her but it just felt it didn't feel real to me. He just seems like he's too, too quick almost. It's there's something okay. weird about it, and I, it, it, it just feels false to me. She reminds me of Fred in this scene. She yeah she is a bit Fred like isn't she from we mean from Angel obviously yeah 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 yeah, yeah um, I, I I did love Karen's dress in this scene I thought her dress was adorable <laughs> I really liked Foggy's reaction when Karen said hey should we call Matt and he's like yeah let's call Matt and see what he's so doing. there is so there's like a it's like gonna be like a triangle like a she likes Matt but Foggy likes her and I hope not that's very cliche mm. yeah it is that's um, definitely the way the comic started with the three you know because Karen is Karen Foggy and Matt are three of the original characters from the comic and uh, there was definitely like love triangles going on in those early days but we'll yeah. see how it goes well, I, I was, I was confused to talk about that at all Claire I wasn't sure if that would be a spoiler or not uh, well I haven't yeah. said if they're going to cover it or not in this series oh I know I'm just saying from the comics because yeah. there's some stuff from the earlier comics that gets uh, mentioned oh later. we'll talk about that definitely <laughs> don't worry Robin I've got a pin okay, now okay. I know what you're talking about <laughs> if, if Foggy was worried about uh, Matt like stealing his chance away with uh, Karen why would he want him along in this what could be a date <laughs> I found that odd that he would he's want to come back. He's a good guy. He's a good guy, Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, Matt's with Rosario Dawson, so... The maybe, maybe Foggy is into threesomes. <laughs> maybe. maybe. <laughs> he's got a crush on Matt. Look, Mel, that is episode nine, and I'm not going to talk about it yet, okay? Oh, I can't wait for a threesome now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's when they introduce Stiltman. You've just got to have to wait. Uh, so in the next scene, Matt wakes up on the sofa. This is also um, footage that they showed at New York Comic Con. Um, speaks with Claire. Uh, I've, I like that he asks first his first question, which shows that he's obviously disoriented, is where am I rather than who are you? Um, that's kind of like a neat touch. And she sort of comments on his outfit. Uh, what do you guys think of this scene? Their like, first conversation kind mm-hmm. of thing? Yeah. I didn't have any problems with yeah, it. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. I like that she plays, Rosario Dawson plays Claire, like, reluctantly being drawn into this. You know, like, she reluctantly gives him her name. You can see that she's thinking about it or whether yeah. to give a false name or not. And um, I don't know. I think that's that's quite cool. We obviously find out later in the episode she's been hearing about this man yeah. in black running around the city. So, But we don't know yeah, that at this true. point. Yeah, I, I did find it a little bit odd that she, like, didn't call the police or the ambulance like right away on his urging but yeah then we find out that she's heard of a man in black doing good stuff so it all it all 
it all works out. <laughs> and I know Robin will have a reaction to this. Uh, and she decides to call him Mike. <laughs> more on that later, guys. Remember that. <laughs> Wait, more on that later? Uh oh. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that when we get to Easter eggs, because that is a whopper of an Easter egg. Oh, I thought you meant, like, later in the series. I was like, oh, boy. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's episode... <laughs> <laughs> I'll be wearing my sunglasses for that episode. <laughs> well, we'll talk about Mike Murdoch in the uh, Easter egg. Uh, we get a quick scene next of little Matt. He's in the hospital, and unlike the movie... His kind of senses here are all done with sound. There's no CGI, which is quite cool. I was so glad there was no 3D trucks driving through stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it was cool the way they they seem to have done it so far. Like obviously his senses with with sound design, which is mm. a nice way of doing it because obviously CGI is expensive, and the, I think the CGI in the movie, like we said at the time, was great for the time, but it, it ages very quickly. Mm. Unlike good sound design, you know. My yeah. my main problem in this scene that made me kind of shudder was the stains on his bandages over his eyes. I was like, ah, ah. they were all yellow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> his eyes melted right out of his head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that grossed me out. I was like, I don't you know, that's something that that's interesting that you say that because should I wonder should his eyes have like just burnt or should they have melted or yeah. should because he still has eyeballs. They but probably I mean, would have removed them to because if if the eyes were that damaged, like they which they would have been by that stuff going in his eyes, and he's completely lost his sight, and there's no hope for any sight being kept. I imagine they would have damaged, removed them. Yeah, might have damaged even more skin around. I guess so. I, I, or there's a ah. chance of infection. Maybe I would ima- imagine they would have removed them. I don't know. So Daredevil I'd- should have had uh, two glass eyes and like. <gasps> If he gets like hit in the head too too hard by a villain, they just pop out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I so want to reference something that happens later in the season, but I can't. <laughs> the, vill- the villain's just like the villain hits Daredevil in the back of the head. His eyes pop out, and he's like, "Oh shit, man! Oh, I'm sorry. Oh god." Sorry, I wanted to have Columbo eyes, where one is kind of slightly off kilter. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Yeah, Sorry. or, or yeah, he, could, so he could throw them at people. He could have, like, little bobombs in them. What do you think, Steph, though? Do you think they would have actually taken them out? or? I have a feeling. I, I don't know much about eyes, but I have a feeling they would have. Mm. Oh, man. Is that like... what, I mean, we only know that it damaged, that it, 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 that it blinded him and, you know, secretly gave him awesome superpowers. Um, but we don't know exactly what physical damage it did to the eyeballs. It could have been fine. And maybe maybe they were waiting to see if his vision came back. Maybe your mm-hmm. eyes can heal themselves to a certain point. Yep. In the movie, he had burns around his, his eyes, even into adulthood, didn't he? Mm-hmm. I don't know if he does here. I don't think I noticed any. No, he doesn't here. Yeah. And we, we've seen him without his sunglasses as well, like um, Charlie Cox playing adult one, and he hasn't really got any cloudiness on the eyes either. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so next scene, uh, Matt wakes up and his lung is collapsing. Oh, my chest was getting tight. Yeah, before. me too. I was like, where's my asthma inhaler? Ah. <laughs> yeah, that was awful. Yeah. So I, I, I'm sure this is... Uh, medically accurate, but I, I'm confused by it because I thought a lung collapsed because it had been punctured. Like I thought your lung would collapse if it was punctured, but his lung, lung collapsed. You have a you have a, a a membrane around your lungs, and if if air gets in between uh, the membrane and your lung tissue, it it squeezes your lung, and you can't expand your lung. You can't breathe. 
Okay. So if you're laying on your back, that air is going to go to the top. And so when you puncture it at the top, um, the air will escape, allowing for your uh, lung to expand. Hmm. But don't people get punctured lungs by, like, ribs going into lungs sometimes? Yeah, I think so. They can. Well, but well, yeah. the tube would be designed specifically to just go deep enough to puncture that membrane, correct? I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. I, was just like, I just think about the fact that she put that little tube in him, and she leaves it in there. Stabbing. She yeah. got stabbed. But, but That's she, what she put it her. in there, but like, but they're like the little thing to let the air out. And then he goes and fights that guy, and I'm like, has he still got that thing in his lung? Because I'm like, <laughs> oh, 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 it freaks me out. <laughs> um, so we find it. We hear about the Russians obviously kidnapping uh, the little boy, and it was a trap. Yeah, and the Russians took over after the Italians left. Mm-hmm. Which was probably Rigoletto that you know was referenced in the first episode. Okay. Too many villains confuses me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are quite a lot. Okay. <laughs> like the first episode introduced when they had that little evil meeting on the building site. <laughs> right. Oh, but, um, yeah, there might be some more later, maybe. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> I like. I have a feeling uh, the Kingpin's probably going to narrow the, you know, start narrowing the, the the pool out. <laughs> you know. Oh, I actually have a question for you guys. So, were you surprised that this is now the second episode and we haven't seen Wilson Fisk? Obviously, you guys know that uh, Vincent D'Onofrio was cast as the Kingpin, but this is the second episode and we haven't seen him. Yeah, that's true. I've been waiting for the nerd to to crank up. That's something else that I got spoiled on is when he appears. But oh, on that Facebook thread. Oh. Yeah. You found out he appears in the last episode? Oh. Yeah, I did. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> um, I like the fact that when Matt reacts to the sound of like the guy creeping around the, the building, we don't hear the sound. I like that we're kind of in Claire's position going, what? <laughs> What's happening? Um, I thought that yeah, was it, it shows how completely unbelievable that would be to like a regular person. Like, yeah. wait a second, what? <laughs> he's talking about his cologne, and she's like, "You can what? He's on the third floor? Uh, what?" Um, and next scene is Jack uh, and Matt are in Fogwell's gym. Matt's studying Braille. Um, this is when uh, you know he makes the deal with um, uh, with uh, the fixer and uh, Silk. Yeah, Matt is a very smart person, and maybe that him being very smart, like having a, I don't know, a very evolved brain is why he can use his senses the way he does. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I like, yeah, I like this Braille lesson that we got. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yeah, because I had no idea about Braille. Yeah, I, 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 it seems like he learned it awful quick, but uh, I guess like you guys said, he's smart, but... Um, so, I didn't quite understand, though, is Braille based on sounds? That sounded like to me. It's it's the letters, but, um, like he said, there's no W, because, you know, it's not generally used in, in French, so when it's been, when, like, the English version of Braille, I guess, was created, they had to create a W, so I know he said he was confused by the W. Okay. But I, I, I don't know, I don't know that much about Braille, I know that there's... Um, there's obviously the Braille alphabet, but then you, I think there's like a second stage of Braille you can learn that's 
you know, like a, a more advanced one, but I, I don't know enough about it to kind of talk confidently about it. There's probably one that's more like an Asian language where there's like symbols for things instead of spelling out things. I guess, I mean, I, I, yeah, I have no idea. It'd be interesting though, but I, 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 I really like that when, when he's talking to Jack about it, like Jack is really interested and you can see he's interested but just doesn't get it at all, but he's really like impressed and proud that Matt does. Yeah. You know, like, I, I love it. He's such a good dad. He's a good dad. Except for, the, except for the liquor thing. Um, <laughs> um, so I was confused by the betting here. Why are the odds on Matt, or I mean, uh, on Jack to win? Isn't he supposed to be washed up? Like, why are the odds on him? Like, I assume they want him to take a fall so they can, like, benefit by betting on the other guy with the, with the you know, better, better turnaround on their money. Mm-hmm. So why are the odds on a wa- washed-up fighter? He's not necessarily washed up at this point. He's just, um, he's not washed up. He just gets beaten a lot, you know, I think. I think, um... I took it as that was his thing, that he was the fall guy in these, for the mob. He, that they did bet that he he would just uh, take a beating and, and lose. And that, um... Well, generally, you don't, you don't bet on who's going to lose. You bet on who's going to win, don't you? Mm-hmm. So if everybody's betting on him to win, no, I mean, they're, if he, not. If they're betting on the other guy to win. No, I mean everybody else who isn't going to have foreknowledge that he's actually going to lose. Like the regular person uh-huh. is betting on him to win, and anybody who bets on the other guy to win, the guy with the lower odds of winning is going to get a big payout, mm-hmm. right? So that's why they want Matt or Jack to lose because they, yeah, they want to rig it so they can get a big payout by betting on the guy who has wor- worse wa- odds. So I don't know, and if he and if he's done this before taking a fall, then then it would make even less sense that people would expect him to win. I don't know. I didn't get the feeling that he had done it before, but okay. I don't know. It's it's kind of hard because obviously in the in his story in this episode, you don't get him like being a mob enforcer, which he did in the film, um, mm-hmm. which I kind of like that you didn't get that. Um, I have. There are issues I have with the way Jack Murdoch is rewritten um, that is more of a nitpick, but I, I can't talk about it now. I'll have to talk about it in a later episode. Um, but I didn't get when the feeling that he when, he... when he comes back as uh, Bullseye. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I didn't get the feeling that he had taken a fall before. Um, I, one of the points I'm, I made a note of in this, in this thing, because I was just like, oh, you asshole, when I heard it, was the fact that the guy turns around to him and says, you're young, plenty of time to have more kids. Uh, yeah. Oh. Okay, well, let me talk well, about this. Okay. Well, wait, wait, wait. I just want to add to the earlier point, though. It was, he, it did, it did clue that he'd been paid off. He, he got more money oh, he got than more money. Yeah, was supposed right. to, yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Steph. Okay. Going back to your interview with Josh, when he talked about how people were surprised that he had friends, mm-hmm. you know, like people thought that they had to hire somebody to look out for him. Right. Uh, we're as a society, we're more evolved now, and we understand <laughs> that just because you may have a, hand, a a handicap, you are not any less in society than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And uh, but. Okay, this goes to okay. Do y'all watch Gotham? Gotham, the the world of Gotham is really weird. Where people have flip phones, they drive nineteen seventies cars, they wear nineteen forties hats. Like you don't know what year it is. Mm-hmm. And in Daredevil, you 
you, in these flashbacks, you kind of feel like it's the 40s or 50s because boxing is really not a thing anymore mm-hmm. uh, that I know of. I mean, they're trying to really uh, bring it back. but So you don't really know what year it is, and the flashbacks don't feel like it's any other time than the present. And it could be back, you know, in the 40s. It's just kind of uh, vague. It's really, really <laughs> vague in Daredevil what um, year it is. And so it, that makes it feel like it's in the past when where people have this idea of, well, your son is has a handicap. Just like on Mad Men, when you remember the guy got his foot cut off at the like office party by the lawnmower? Oh, well, his life what? is over. He might as, yeah, <laughs> I haven't watched that now. I wonder if that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he might as well just go, you know, just go commit suicide because he, in society he doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, but, it's it's weird because I definitely agree with you that these scenes, the flashback scenes, have a kind of, like, feeling from the past. But obviously we know that the the present day stuff in this is set after the Avengers. So it's set sort of in present day-ish, like 2014-ish. Um, yeah. But so yeah. um, it can only be sort of 20 years ago so mm-hmm. um, that these ones take place. But they do, the whole... Um, the whole show, I think, has a kind of noir feel, particularly with the uh, lots of the yellow lighting. You know, there's yellow mm-hmm. lighting everywhere. The way the alleyway was lit in the very first scene of this episode is very, um, like, straight out of something by Bendis or, like, almost like Sin City type thing. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you that it has that, that sort of feel. But um, I love I love um, Jack's, Jack in this, you know, where he kind of agrees to do the deal and obviously Matt can hear, because in the movie, obviously Matt had no idea that he agreed to take a fall. I think that's an interesting twist on it. Uh, Can I make a couple more notes about this scene? No, Um, yes, you can. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to say uh, the name Barton was on one of the posters. Uh, Excuse Uh, me, (laughs) Easter egg section. Thank you very much, Roy. Don't you you start gobbling your Easter eggs early. I was, you know, this is not something I looked up and researched. I was just like, oh, I, hey, look. Um, okay, so the other one, I guess, is an Easter egg as well. I'll, I'll see if you cover it at the end. I'll, okay, I'll okay. check your, I'll check your Easter eggs and I'll see if they all hatch. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. I'm, now I'm feeling Easter egg pressure. Oh. Um, in the next scene, Matt, Matt is a bit stabby <laughs> because he's like, he immediately goes to get a knife, and he's kind of determined to fight. And Claire's like, "Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Can we? Can I at least try and talk to the guy at the door?" Um, yeah, Claire doesn't have any bigger knives than that, really. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a teeny tiny knife. But Does um, she have, like you know, bigger things to cut. Like she doesn't ever cut a pot roast up or anything like that. Uh, she's a nurse. She doesn't it. have time to cook big meals. I don't know. <laughs> it's Michelinas every night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what did you guys think about uh, taking someone out with a fire extinguisher from a stairwell? I'm surprised that guy wasn't dead. I know. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was very American Psycho. It was. <laughs> yeah, except he was very close uh, and wasn't covered in blood. So that's good. Yeah, it replaced fire extinguisher with chainsaw. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's right. Like, I was thinking it reminded me of something. Go ahead. We we have like Detective Buster, quote unquote. Um, you know, like, I'm surprised that didn't kill him, focusing which is the head. But later on, when he gets pushed off the roof and he lands in that dumpster, I was like, yeah, but he still could have broken his neck on that dumpster. <laughs> nope. Yeah. He's invincible. <laughs> That's his superpower. Mm-hmm. He's an invincible man. Um, but what the, I love the bit where he says, you know, it looks like she's obviously convinced the uh, detective, and then Matt says he didn't believe you, and it's like, oh, oh shit's about to get real. <laughs> <laughs> And poor Santino as well. 
Yeah. Like, they said to go get him, and they never did, did they? Uh, no, I think they did, and he helped them take the body up to, or take the detective up to the roof, but then he obviously went back downstairs, so you just didn't see it. Yeah, oh. Really, don't tell your mother about it. Either. <laughs> I know I said don't tell your mother before, but seriously, really, this time, definitely. <laughs> so this is a dirty cop. Well, we don't know, even know if he is a cop, because when he's going down the stairs, he's speaking in Russian. Cops can't be Russian, everyone. Yeah. Well... <laughs> <laughs> There's no Russian cops. <laughs> but we assume Not he's yet. obviously one of the guys that kidnapped the little boy in the first episode. Yeah. Um, next scene, Foggy and Karen in Josie's. Yay! Josie's bar. It's a bit more of a realistic take on a bar than Josie's in the Daredevil movie where there's, like, <laughs> motorbikes and boobs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe it's just the bars I go to, I don't know. <laughs> No, it, you're you're correct. <laughs> we I, do courts at the end still, or yes, I can't yes, remember. Okay, the end. Mind, I <laughs> I could just watch an entire episode of Foggy and Karen out getting drunk. <laughs> okay, this scene was actually pretty cute. I have to admit. Oh, I just yeah. understand why he was bringing her to the diviest divey hole there ever was. <laughs> Josie's. <laughs> so that means that means nothing to us. Claire. I know. <laughs> Josie's is the mainstay of, like, of Daredevil, you know, like, they always, Daredevil always ends up in Josie's, like, fighting with a load of goons and throwing them through the window. Like, the amount of times people, particularly Turk, has been thrown through the window of Josie's and smashed it is kind of hilarious. You think, you think goons would stop hanging out there? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, like, they like, have tequila yeah. with eels in it. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the whole conversation where, like, Foggy was explaining who was not a criminal, and then he's like, yeah, that guy's a criminal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I like that Foggy as well is, because obviously he'd been quite flirty before with Karen, like, you know, in the scene where they're in the office, but in this scene, you can kind of tell he's he's being nice to her not just to yeah. flirt with her he's actually being nice you know he's just to be a nice guy he's a decent yeah, guy as well i like this at better the, at the beginning of it though he was just like hey you're hanging around the office a bit you might have a crush on me kind of thing you know yeah, and yeah. i was like is, is he i think he's testing the waters at the beginning but then he like goes all right all right we're gonna, we're gonna be super friends now yeah yeah <laughs> oh they're adorable oh yeah. I like that on the wall behind the bar there's a poster that says, You're making too many sober decisions. I mean, well. <laughs> <laughs> and I like how, how tight knit this community is that Foggy mm-hmm. knows everybody. Um, you know, they obviously they grew up all these people grew up together and Yeah. Even though we don't know this community, he does. Mm-hmm. It definitely helps with the whole thing because it you know, Hell's Kitchen area of New York is so integral to Daredevil as a character, but obviously nowadays it's it's like really nice, <laughs> you know, like the Hell's Kitchen area. Um but is I Is it like, still called Hell's Kitchen? No, it's Clinton. It's near Midtown, I think. Um and can I just give a bit of trivia for our podcast to our listeners that yeah. one of the uh one of the title suggestions I had for this podcast was Mel's Kitchen, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. we're all in Mel's kitchen. <laughs> My kitchen is very small. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> is it all of us in there? Probably. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'd around one, mic- one microphone. <laughs> someone, someone would have to be sitting on the counter. Or <laughs> 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 in the sink, maybe. I don't know. Aww. Or in the fridge. <laughs> yes. But once you throw the microwave at my head, there'll be room on the counter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
We cut to Matt is, has strung up Detective Foster. And again, I have to say, I said it in the first episode, I love the fact that that is the real New York we can see in the background. It just, it makes it so real. I love it. It's not, you know, it's not LA. Not a soundstage. New York. It's not a soundstage, yeah. exactly. It's it's New York. I love it. Um, I was going to ask you, like, is that, mm-hmm. that is totally, that's totally mm-hmm. New York, not a set, right? It was 100% filmed in New York, the show. Yeah. And I love that Foggy and Karen walk by the water tower mm-hmm. that is in the background of where uh, Claire and Matt are on the roof. Oh, I that love awesome. that shot. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. And it's like, that's, I mean, skipping ahead, that's when they are talking about, all oh, this city's beautiful, and they agree, and then we see the, you know, the water tower, and we go back to that, and meanwhile, they're saying the water's, the city's beautiful, and there's this guy being tortured by this vigilante, you know, and that's kind of the seedy underbelly of the, the city. I love I love that. I think it's oh I, I mean I I honestly I love so many of the scripts of the show, but I really think the first two episodes are so good. The scripts, uh, Drew Goddard. Applause to you, sir, Drew Goddard. They're awesome. Um so Claire kinda mentions that obviously words getting around about the masked man and we get another flashback where little Matt is reading Thurgood Marshall and we wow. see uh Jack's new robe, red <laughs> and yellow well, Which, all of us see it except for Matt. <laughs> he sees it with his fingers. Yeah, I was wondering what the deal was about the red uh, gloves. That, like, that meant nothing to me. It's it's a nod to, I mean, in the movie, you have Jack's sort of boxing name is Jack the Devil Murdoch, so they put him in the red robe. But in this, it's his name from the comics, which is Battling Jack Murdoch. But they put him in the the red and yellow I, I, I felt like it was really red, you know, it was kind of that bright because it is a bit of a circus, the whole fight. I don't know, that's the feeling I got, you know, it's it's all a performance, you know, they're going to have him perform in this thing, so he's yeah. kind of a bit like, mm, about that. But they've kind of done it in those colours because it is a nod to the first uh, costume that Daredevil wore in the comics, which was the <laughs> the rather ugly red and yellow costume, although I do love it. <laughs> I do love the red and yellow costume. Uh, there's also a villain who appears in the comics called um, Akiri, who wears a similar costume to this, who was in it a few years ago. That's all I'm saying. Um, where are we up to? And the, and the Thurgood Marshall quote, mm-hmm. it, had to do about, it had to do with fear. Yeah, and it also is justice cannot take root amidst rage. And rage will come up again later in the series. Yes, this yeah. yellow and red suit is... Awful. He looks like it reminds me of the Venture Brothers. It's more like a kind of acrobat, you know. It's more like a it, for him to look like an acrobat. You know what I mean? He looks like he's in a circus. It's like like um, the flying Graysons would wear, you know, type thing in in Batman. Um, and I think that was the original idea. And it's only got one D as well, whereas the modern the Daredevil classic red costume has two Ds. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, the way I put in my notes, the way Jack looks at Matt, and then I drew a little heart. Oh, that kid! That kid's gonna stop being so inspiring. <laughs> he, he got his dad killed by being inspiring. <laughs> you, you, Matt, though, Matt, are also inspiring. You, you inspire me, Matt. <laughs> oh, don't do, any, don't do anything that'll get you killed. <laughs> don't win a fight, Claire. Don't win a fight. <laughs> Claire, take that dive. You gotta take that dive. <laughs> I love that when Jack is phoning Ed and later a woman, because he obviously changes the bet, his hand is shaking on the phone. Um, what do you guys think about him phoning this sort of mystery woman? 
Well, it's obviously the mom. Mm. Mm-hmm. We get to hear her voice as well. Oh, I didn't hear it. You didn't? No. She didn't, like, answer me. It was an answer machine message. Oh, uh, I can't remember. <laughs> I watched it yesterday. And no, we watched it, we watched it Thursday. Thursday. Was it? Yep. I can't remember. <laughs> my uh, my notes for the next scene is just basically all quotes. <laughs> so the only note really is that Foggy and Karen arrive at Matt's and they're knocking on the door. And then <laughs> okay. I have that the quote. <laughs> yeah, and they wake the neighbour. <laughs> that was pretty funny. They're currently I the, love the bane of my existence, drunk people late at <laughs> night. <laughs> that was annoying. Drunk people are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, I guess I could just mention here, uh, since I didn't mention it earlier, it's just, I love how the writers of this show are writing Karen. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's, she's neither like a scared damsel in distress yet, she can be in trouble, but she can also, like, still be a real person that's bothered by the fact that she was, uh, uh, there was attempted murder on her twice, you know? <laughs> and we have this, we have this episode where she is, you know, Foggy is really helping her deal with that. Mm-hmm. And Karen in the comics, like, as I said, she's one of the original characters, and the original Karen is probably one of my least favorite characters uh, in the She's very damsel in distress, very, like, you know, it's it's the Stanley written stuff, which isn't always that subtle. <laughs> well, not subtle at all, really. And it's very much like she'll be looking at Matt and thinking, oh, he's so handsome. If only he wasn't blind, for I shall never <laughs> yeah. be with him. And you're like, oh, what? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's... Pretty terrible, but um, uh, but um, she gets better written later. But yeah, the original character, and I like, I love all the stuff Deborah Amwell does with her. She makes her feel like a real person, which does, I love. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the next scene, Karen and Foggy are walking uh, along the street. This is the scene that that Steph mentioned. I've just got one more note. I love that Karen is wearing Foggy's jacket. Aww, yeah. he gave her his jacket. Oh, Guys. oh. Aww. <laughs> also something I didn't mention earlier about Foggy. Um, he is wearing a what a straight tie, whatever, a regular regular tie. Mm-hmm. My crackpot theory, Foggy is known as wearing the bow tie in the early comics, Silver Age and stuff like that. Maybe oh, even yeah, in recent comics. Mm-hmm. My crackpot theory is the first time we see Foggy going into court, that is when he's gonna pull that bow tie out. Ooh. I am gonna be right about this. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm telling you, it's going to be right. So okay, we have to wait until episode 11 for that. Uh. <laughs> Bowtie watch. Bowtie's a cool. watch. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Matt is torturing Detective Foster. and Claire. Let, we can talk about Claire's costume. I'm just going to say, it, I don't know if it's a deliberate nod, and I, Matt, I don't know if you agree with me on this, but it reminded me of Moon Knight. I don't know if they were doing a nod to Moon Knight with the sort of white, pale grey, and the and with the hood and the dark eyes. I guess. That no, could, I don't know. She doesn't I, have a cape. Yeah, she doesn't have a cape. <laughs> I thought she looked like somebody in The Purge. <laughs> she was very scary looking. <laughs> she was, yeah. no, she is scary, because she then says, stick a, put a spike in his head and... Ah. You know, do this. Ah! <laughs> That's I was surprised Daredevil went there. It didn't seem very heroic, this torture business. Well, this is the whole thing of this, you know, it's kind of mentioned in this episode, you know, where he says, you know, he enjoys hurting hurting him and stuff, and it's like, geez, you know, I mean, in this episode, you could think that he's the bad guy because he's torturing this guy, he's, you know, basically saying, oh, you've seen my face, that kid's seen my face, and you almost think, like earlier when he says, oh, that kid Santino's seen my face too, it's almost like he's going to go, well, now I have to kill him, and it's, you know, you, you all have to die. Him. Yeah, because he's really kind of scary in this episode. 
a Russian was, guy. See that light at the end of the tunnel? <laughs> I thought he was trying to. Yeah, I thought he was trying to like lobotomize this guy at first. <laughs> yeah, me too. I like that when he punches. At one point, when he punches Detective Foster in the face, you can see he hurts his hand. Like he he kind of holds his hand. Cause obviously, he's still really weak. Like Matt, mm. Matt is, and I like that, and that's something we get in the the fight at the end of the episode later as well. I love that he's just not this. He's not just this guy that never gets tired. He's not Captain America. You know, he he's a normal guy, and he gets tired and he hurts. And I love oh, that they're doing that. It's still ridiculous, though, the amount of... <laughs> yeah, he takes a lot of punishment. Uh, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Does he have super endurance for, like, pain tolerance, or no? No. He's he's no. basically... he's the, the usual... The way they usually put it in, like, if you read, like, the character biographies of characters like him, you know, and Electrum ones, is that they have no sort of superhuman strength or tolerance, but they're just at peak physical condition. His whole body is just a one big callus. <laughs> yeah, pretty. Yeah, he's a Murdoch boy. Yeah. They don't. They 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 lose standing up. Yeah, <laughs> they could really take a beating. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's playing really fast and loose with lives and rules here, throwing the guy over the building. Really? Stuff. Yeah, it really is. I I gasped when he chucked the guy over the building. So I was like, Are they going to have him kill that guy? And then he's like, Oh, he landed in the dumpster. And then he sort of listens. He's like, Yeah, he'll live. Yeah, but yeah, he <laughs> okay. He didn't care if, yeah, he didn't care if he lived. He just yeah. happened to live. <laughs> that guy was a total scumbag. So. I don't know. If he accidentally died, I would have been like, all right, I guess I can deal with that. Well, did I already tell you guys what scumbag means? I learned recently. Oh, you oh, did. No. Oh, no. Do we gross. have to reveal it here? <laughs> scumbag <laughs> is originally a, a word for condoms. It's horrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gross. You should bring up the word scumbag in, like, a like sexy <laughs> Sort of sexy situation and see how unsexy it becomes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any scumbags? Oh, that guy's a total condom. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a condom. I I also like the fact in that guy's scene, a cute prophylactic. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm just picturing a guy stuck in a giant human-sized condom, walking around like like a penguin. Do that in Naked Gun, isn't it? In one of the Naked Gun films, and they like are having sex, and they're in two human-sized condoms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Um, I like the fact that Matt—he's all about recycling, so he takes the rope down and makes arm wraps from the rope. I was like, yes, recycle that rope. <laughs> good on you. Um, he does. <laughs> Captain Planet. Um, so does does he enjoy it? I mean, that's what Claire's saying. He's he was lying there. What do you, what do you guys think? I think I don't. Uh, I'm not I don't think he, I don't think he enjoys it. He 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 probably likes the feeling of doing good, <laughs> but he doesn't get a boner from it. No. <laughs> He just, he probably likes the feeling of doing good, but not at like the end product of like oh I saved that person, but not the actual act of like oh I'm breaking this guy's bones, yeah. <laughs> like I'm enjoying this part so much. He sacrifices. Yeah, kinda, you think? You think he I'm enjoys? Kinda, uh, that. Yeah, yeah I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. You know, he's had a tough life, and his father got taken down by 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 some. You know. Uh, crappy criminals like this, and uh, you know, I think he likes punching back a little bit. Mm, what do you think, Steph? I have no idea. <laughs> no, I need to see more. I don't know. Okay, okay. I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of mixed on it as well. Obviously, there's the whole thing as well that he promised his dad that he would study and use his brain and stuff, you know, and because um, that's what Jack wanted him to do, and 
So yeah, we'll see. Um, but we see that we see the sort of the big. We don't actually see the big fight. I mean, we don't see Jack really boxing in this episode, which was surprising. But I don't think we need to see the fight. You know, we don't need to see um, some of this stuff. We don't need to see the accident like in the first episode. We just see the aftermath because that's kind of the important part. Um, but uh, the bit where Jack kind of rushes out of the fight and hears everyone cheering for Murdoch and kind of stands there proud yes. for a second. I balls my eyes out. I'm not going to lie. Oh. <laughs> and I've seen this episode four times, and every single time I got upset. Because it, it, he knows his son is hearing it too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and he knew he was committing suicide. Yeah, it's, oh, it's it's just, I, I honestly think this actor does such a fantastic job with the, the yes. few scenes he has in these, these episodes so far. Do you think he, he was, he had any hope at all that he would survive this, or was he actually committing I, suicide. I think he had like 10%. Yeah. Maybe not, yeah. But I think mm. he was pretty sure something terrible would happen to him. I think he wouldn't have made the phone call to the woman that he made unless he knew he was pretty definite that he was going to get killed. I, don't. I think that was like a last resort thing, you know. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, it really <sighs> makes me choke up. I was like, oh, oh. Um, and we hear the gunshot. Obviously, we we don't see him killed, and we see little Matt runs to his body. And <laughs> so did he get, oh, daddy, daddy. Did he get Did he get beat up and then shot like in the movie? Uh, I don't know. Um, I think he looked his more beaten up there face. than yeah. He looked more beaten up than he did right after the fight. But the fact that they presumably they waited for him to get home and then they did it, which is like oh, they were waiting for him at his house, makes me oh it, yeah. Mm. I was going to lose it if I saw a rose. <laughs> yeah. No, no. No roses. No. Nope. So going, going from one little boy who's upset, we go to the next scene where the little boy's oh, upset. Oh, sorry, Mel. Get your point, but don't stick it above my eye. Please don't. No. Ah. <laughs> well, I can't promise. I can't make promises. Um, <laughs> yeah, it still grosses me out even here that they know that he has a son that's blind. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, he's... You know, basically, you know, like, kind of like a little kid, he's blind, he only has a dad, and they mm-hmm. still kill the dad, you know, knowingly, yeah. you know, and they just leave him all by himself. It's so, it's so heartless. Total condoms. Yeah, that's yep. total condoms. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's lots of people like that in this show. I mean, other people yeah. sell kids into well, yeah. sex slavery. So. Yeah, I know, but they were, ba- yeah, basically just, like, saying, like, and earlier, too, they were basically saying... Oh, you know, he may as well be dead now that he's blind. Mm. You know, it's kind of dumb. It's yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Um, sure, then we is. cut to the hallway scene, <gasps> which I just have to say, guys, the internet has gone insane <laughs> over this scene in the last week. Yeah, this yeah, so many I, times I people have sort of said, "Oh my god, the scene at the end of episode two. Um, the rightly so, the the stunt guys have got a ton of praise for this scene. Um, uh, Chris um, Chris Brewster, which is Charlie Cox's um, double, and Phil Silvestro does the stunt choreography. Have I mean the amount of tweets about this that I've seen is, and rightly so because this scene is amazing. Mm. Before, for television, oh, go on, Seth. I was just going to say, yeah, for television, it's just, you know, we've seen this in movies, but t- mm-hmm. TV or Netflix, whatever you want to call Netflix, it's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, 
What were you going to say, Robin? I was say another another thing about us trying to stay unspoiled, like in real life. Like I actually told a friend of mine, like, "Hey, I'm doing this podcast. Much Daredevil. Only seen episode one." And the first thing he said to me was, <laughs> "Dude, wait till you get to episode two. At the end, there is a huge fight." And I was like, "Shut up!" <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. So no. I knew about there was some sort of fight in a hallway. That's all I knew. <laughs> it's, very, uh, it's, uh, it's very, it's very, it's very old book. Very old boy, all the, all, yeah, old boy, all the raid yes. it's been compared to. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's very much like the sort of old boy scene with the hammer. And I mean the uh, proper original old boy, not the American remake. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before we talk about the fight, though, I, I was, I was uh, just thinking about how hard it must be to stalk like villains when you can't tell if you're hidden in the shadows or not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he could be like really bright, and he's like, I I blend in completely right in my black outfit. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, the walls are yeah, yeah. green. Yeah. Standing directly in the light, yeah. Oh, I hope I'm hidden. <laughs> he, can, he can tell they're in the rooms. They're all watching their Russian TV and playing uh, whatever they were playing poker or whatever it was. I know. Yeah, he knows they're in the rooms. But like any like any time he he does superhero work in the future, like how does he know when he's in a shadow? <laughs> when he how does he know when he's unseen? He has to only stand against things that are red when he's in his red outfit in the comics. <laughs> he's like Tobias. <laughs> yeah. He should move to like Australia where there's all the red rocks and fight crime in the outback. <laughs> so, uh, so do you know anything about how they shot this? Was it all one one shot? It, or it was. It, they've confirmed it was one shot. It was really because it feels shot. like. There's a couple points where the camera like mm-hmm. spins around yeah. something and it gets so close to it that I'm like, oh, they could have cut there. Yeah, they they confirmed it. Uh, was there was like two shot. points where that happens. And they did that just in case. I don't, yeah, I don't, I, know. I don't. I don't. But, know. Uh, I, mean, it's, it's I think very the whole thing anyway, starts though. off poorly. Like the very first thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool, Matt. Yeah, but it, it's, you're like way ahead or behind me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, but maybe you're good now. Oh, okay. Um. Uh. Yeah, the whole thing starts out, like, very poorly. The very first thing that happens is he goes in the room, mm-hmm. and the guy behind the desk fires at the ceiling. I know! Nobody, <laughs> like, nobody, nobody gets thrown into him. He doesn't, like, kick his hands or anything. He just, like, pulls out his gun and shoots the ceiling. <laughs> I like to think that that's the guy from the first episode like, last I, week I who's know. eating he, his it, chips, and, but he's just that same incompetent guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Um, that's me that's me in the criminal underworld I'm telling you (laughs) what did you guys think of this fight then this fight sequence the rest of it was great yeah I just had a problem with that guy shooting the ceiling you can tell saying about if they cut you can tell like if you watch it really closely which I've seen it several times now you mm-hmm. you can tell the way they they shoot around it to replace Charlie Cox to swap Charlie Cox with Chris Brewster, although they look really similar, you, you know. But you can tell like when he falls into the mm-hmm. the one room and then comes out again, it's Chris Brewster because Chris Brewster does all the spinny kicky stuff, and then obviously he goes back in when he falls over that guy at the end, and then that's Charlie Cox that comes out because then he goes and gets the the little boy. Um, but I just think this was amazing, and again oh. he gets so tired throughout it. I love that both. Both Matt and yeah, oh, bad guys that. are tired. They're absolutely exhausted. It's oh, so good. Yeah. So does Charlie Cox do so any of the raw. fighting in this? It's or no? so... uh, yeah, he does. He does. His, uh, he does some of it. They they basically said they let him do as much as they could. Obviously, in terms of insurance, but um, Chris Brewster does some of the other. But I don't know exactly like what is what. But I think 
Um, it's about half-half from what I can tell, but I, I don't know. But some of it's definitely Charlie Cobb's. Yeah, the, what's so great is it's so messy. It's mm-hmm. a messy thing. It's a real fight. It's how a real fight would be. You know, with you wouldn't have the bad guys queuing up to attack one at a time. At one point, you have, like, three guys on him, which I love. Yeah. It's definitely not one of those traditional TV fights where one's waiting for the next yeah. one to be knocked out. And then, and I also love the guy getting thrown through the door, and I referenced it earlier. All this, Like, he stands up, and all of a sudden, the freaking microwave flies out and hits him. <laughs> No, it's the guy who comes out of the other door. He's like, hey, what's going on? What's happening here? Oh, yeah, yeah. On the head. <laughs> Hit by a flying microwave. It's amazing. Nuked him. Oh, I love it. And the Boy. bit at the end, this was actually, I was having a conversation with one of our listeners on Twitter, and she said that the moment where Matt goes to the doorway and removes his mask, he kind of thinks before he goes in there, removes his mask, and then goes in and talks to the, the kid. She said that's the moment that she was like, yes, Charlie Cox is Matt Murdock. And that yes. is very reminiscent of a recent issue where Matt is is rescuing a kid and takes his mask off but closes his eyes when he's talking to the kid because he doesn't want to scare the kid. So he takes the mask mm-hmm. off but he closes his eyes because in the comics his eyes are scarred and everything. But the fact that he he did that and did it, he didn't want to frighten this this kid. I was just oh, that's my actual favorite moment of the fight scene. Is that bit. I yeah, think I would be scared of him. Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. That kid is him. He's rescuing himself. The kid yeah. mirrors the kid and the boy mirrors because in the scene we saw in the first episode where the kid's taken, I was like, wait, is this a flashback? Is is this Matt as a kid? Mm-hmm. It took me a while to realize it was a different, it was the present, it was a different child. I still think I would be scared if some man came in to rescue me and yeah. had his eyes the entire time. I think I would be terrified. I'd be I like, why be... are you, why are you not looking at me? What's going I'd on? Be weirded out. Yeah. yeah, it'd be really strange. I love when he walks out as well. He like walks over the door and everything, you know. I mean, it's, oh, it's so good. Um. I really don't like the last guy that he beat up because he did like kind of like a, a, a flip, like kick kind of yeah. thing. And I was like, you are in shape to be doing this right now. These fancy moves. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Just, just, you know, just punch him in the gut or do but something. But it's about the no. momentum, Mel. It's like when he, oh. when he, he sort of jumps up at the wall and then pushed himself off the wall to punch the guy. You know, it's the, the momentum yeah. of him so pushing himself off the wall. <laughs> She's talking about when he, like, runs at the guy, jumps in the air, flips over, and lands on him. Yeah. That's too much effort for someone that just had, like, a collapsed lung. If I was Chris Brewster and I was basically a real-life ninja and could do that stuff, I'd be like, hell yeah, I'm going to show off my moves. <laughs> Wee! It's more, it's more efficient to run over to... The guy was down on the ground, it's more efficient to run over to him and kick him in the face. Yeah, I feel like Matt Murdock is in no shape. Or in the balls. Let's talk about Chris Bruce. Talk about Matt Murdock. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I've I've just had a collapsed lung. Let me like throw my body hard onto the ground. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's no way that happens. He's just he's just showing off, you know. He's just doing a little show off. <laughs> was he was he doing a little bit of a was he doing a little bit of a Batman voice here? Um, I think when he's talking to the kid, his voice is deeper, but I think it's more that he's just out of breath and exhausted. I don't think it's him being like Oh, I've yeah. come here to visit you. Like that, like, you know, Batman. He did, ridiculous. He did kind of do a Batman voice earlier, though. I forgot to mention when he was like, Where is he? Where is he? <laughs> I was like, oh, that's Batman. <laughs> 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 Alright, so, 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 so,
I mean, I mean, it's okay to throw on a scary voice when you're trying to scare criminals. Now, if he starts talking to people that know him in the <laughs> yes. same scary voice like Batman does to Lucius, that's when we're like, all right, I'm not. It's like, why are you still putting yeah. on this voice? I'm putting on the voice on. I know that you are Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Why are you talking to me and going, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm very method. Uh, and you get me one of these helmets. Bruce Wayne is my secret identity. <laughs> Alfred, go and get me a hot chocolate. <laughs> oh, dear. So, um, we haven't got Steph for much longer. So, Steph, which sounds like I'm about to, like, bump you off or something, Steph. I don't mean that. Unfortunately, um, Steph has a prior commitment. Would you like to, uh, have you got any quotes, or would you like to give your rating now? Or do you want to save the quotes? Uh, uh, i got ten minutes. Go ahead. Okay, let's do some quotes then. I'm going to go first because I'm in charge, uh, and therefore I get to go first. So I'm going to say uh, one that I like, which is, you should be out having a life, doing poppers and flapper dancing. That was foggy. (laughs) Uh, I have, uh, that means we get to drink for free. You absolutely do not get to drink for free. Agree to disagree. <laughs> that was very law- lawyerly. Yes. <laughs> he, he just helps himself to the glasses as well. I liked, uh, all right, go hit the books. Can I take the bottle? <laughs> yes. No. That was some <laughs> fast addiction. It was a fast yeah. addiction. Ever. Yeah. No? I just did my quote before. Where is he? Where is he? <laughs> that was the scariest vigilante. <laughs> I like this one as well because I think it's a, a, a important line, which is, this is important. Listen, I need you to know why I'm hurting you. It's not just the boy. I'm doing this because I enjoy it. I got chills. <laughs> and they're multiplying when I heard that. I've got, I got one uh, that really made me really excited about the future. Uh, little Maddie says... Good thing about red. Can't tell how much you're bleeding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like um, uh, that last part. I, Catholicism. Yeah, that was so good. Yeah. <laughs> Your outfit kind of sucks, by the way. Yeah, it's a work in progress. <laughs> That's why I'm glad <laughs> the images I've seen, I don't know what I've seen. You know, it could be, uh, you know. He has a different outfit for every episode that's coming up, guys. Just going to spoil you or not. <laughs> I have to do this. I can't wait for this, this quote. outfit. This might be my favorite quote of the episode. Matt, Matt, it's Karen. And I'm very, very sorry about this. And if I were you, I would not come to this door. But I think I also drank the eel. And then obviously it's followed up with, <laughs> and we are now filled with mighty eel strength. <laughs> <laughs> and from the same scene, I also love, I'm buying a bluefin, Murdoch. I love that. <laughs> I, have, I have one last one. Okay. Just once. I want to have Maddie hear people <gasps> cheer for his old man. Oh. Just once. Oh. <laughs> oh. Don't. I'm going to cry. <laughs> I'm going to cry. Oh. Murdoch, Murdoch. Oh. So is this the part, is this like when uh, uh, Gunn, what's his name? James Gunn said that he cried. Is, is like that the part that he cried about? I think so. I think he mentioned that it was like the, the Jack and Matt stuff, wasn't it? I think. Oh, James Gunn. Yeah. Well, Jack will be back. Well, Stephen tonight also talks about that on that episode, um, Steph, about um, uh, James Gunn. Oh, okay. Should listen, but our newbies cannot, for it is filled with the spoilers. That we try and avoid. So, um, <laughs> so Steph, do you want to give us your um, your rating, and then we'll do Easter eggs after that. Um, 
oh gosh, this is you know I'm on episode eight, so I know what's to come. <laughs> so I know I can I can measure this against other episodes, mm-hmm. and I'm trying not to do that. This is this episode. Oh, it. I don't know. It's all good. It is all good. <laughs> that uh, this is so hard. <laughs> I give it ten out of ten. Uh, flying microwaves to the head. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, well, I'm going to go through some Easter eggs now. So you ready? You ready for your Easter eggs, guys? Uh, ready. I'm, I got my notepad out and I'm checking you off. <laughs> nice, tasty chocolate Easter eggs. Okay. So, number one, we've obviously mentioned about Claire Temple. Um, that's her surname and this is Temple. Um, is a mixture of the night nurse and Dr. Claire Temple. Um, we have Roscoe Sweeney, um, who is the fixer, who's one of the guys in the gym. We also have the other guy is Silk. In the comics, there was a character called Sammy Silk Jr. who appeared in the Bendis uh, um, run, Underboss. So he's probably a reference to that. Uh, the guy that Jack is fighting for his final fight is Crusher Creel. Um, who recently appeared in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think, in this season, yeah. as the Absorbing Man. So there is a link to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is pretty cool. Um, it's all connected. It's all I don't connected. Know how this is, I don't know how this is connected, but it's so weird. <laughs> I would hope that this is pre-superpowers for the Absorbing Man, because otherwise he could have easily been Jack Murdoch. Um, also, he hasn't uh, aged. Uh, he's aged really well, if that's the same guy. He's absorbing youth. <laughs> He's absorbing, like, oil yeah. of Ule. <laughs> so he's, he's young and, and, and fresh. Uh, one of the posters in the gym is Barton versus Weeks. A lot of people were excited because they thought Barton would be a reference to a, a member of um, Clint Barton's family, a.k.a. Hawkeye. They haven't confirmed that, but it might just be a coincidence. Uh, Weeks is Lee Weeks, who was one of the artists for Daredevil. Um, the other posters have names of various people that are members of the crew. Uh, Foggy mentioned St. Agnes Daycare. Um, a lot of people watching the show think that the church uh, that Matt was in in episode one is St. Agnes. And in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the character of Sky went to an orphanage called St. Agnes Orphanage. So there's another link. Um, Robin, do you have any others apart from the, the biggie that we're going to get into? Uh, no, I was I was wondering if you were gonna if you were gonna do those shield connections because I was like, was Sky and Matt raised together? Ooh, that <laughs> happens in episode eight, and I'm not going to say anything about it. So Claire calls Matt Mike. Mike Murdoch yes. is a character from the comics. The best way to explain it is this was in the early days where things could be a little bit more wacky, guys. Where there was basically a storyline where Spider-Man um, basically tracked Daredevil to Nelson and Murdoch's offices and knew that one of the people in there was um, was Daredevil. Um, and basically there was a, a lot of things that happened. At one point he thought it was Foggy, but all this thing. But he ended up writing to to them and saying, I know that Matt Murdoch is Daredevil. And Karen and Foggy read this. And confronted Matt. And Matt decided a sensible thing to do would be to say, oh, I guess I haven't told you about my identical twin brother, Mike Murdoch. And then for a year and a half of the comic, pretended to be his identical sighted twin brother, Mike Murdoch, who was actually Daredevil. Wow. That is what happened in the comics. (laughs) At one point, 
Matt was Matt Murdock pretending to be Mike Murdock, pretending to be Daredevil, pretending to be Thor. Yes. What? Yes. yes. Because it was Comic Daredevil logic. dressed as Thor. Um, and eventually, <laughs> and obviously, of course, Mike and Matt could never appear in the same scene together, but somehow nobody questioned him on this. Not even Foggy, who has known Matt, like, since Matt was, you know, a kid, a teenager. Um, but he managed to convince him, and then eventually um, got into a love triangle with Karen between Matt Murdock, Mike Murdock, and Karen. Matt was going to propose to Karen at one point, but couldn't decide whether to propose to her as Mike or Matt. And eventually Mike was killed off. So that is the, the origin of Mike Murdock, guys. I hope you enjoyed uh, is this. this like Daredevil's... Uh um, clone saga. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's. I don't actually mind it because it's. It was. You know, it's written in the sixties and it's wacky and everything like that. But you read it now and you're just like, what is happening? And it's super ridiculous. So I'm not going to tell you whether or not at one point Matt Murdock in this show pretends to be his identical sighted twin Mike Murdock, but it might happen. Be warned. Sure. Steph, are you okay for time? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so next, we are going to do some feedback. Do you guys have anything else? Well, do you have a note yeah, I better, oh, I better hop off. Aw. Don't hop off the building into a dumpster, Steph. That's not good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you so much for, for coming. Uh, yeah, thanks. Do you, and thank right. you for sending us feedback for this for last week, although it was too late, so I was going to play it this week, but obviously I'm not now because you're here. So. <laughs> yeah, just delete it because I recorded like five times. I don't even know what that feedback is. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> do you have anything you um, Do you have anything you want to plug before you go? A zombie podcast. Mm. Watch a zombie. Uh, potential cast. Potentialcast.com. Buffy, mm. where it is okay to find fault with Buffy. It's okay. <laughs> it's, Sometimes it's it not is. okay to find no fault with Buffy, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, nothing's perfect. Nope. No. Except and then Yeah, and then Redemption ah. Cast is coming back soon. That's Season on 3, Angel. Angel. Yeah. That's gonna be awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Steph. Thank you. All send right, us, send us more feedback. Okay, I will. Yeah. Bye, Steph. Bye, Steph. Bye. Okay, so now it's time for feedback. We have a few, uh, we have two voicemails which I've emailed you, Robin. Are you okay to play them? Yes, and I think I... Thank you. This first one's from Michaela. And hopefully the volume's up on this thing. Hi, guys. It's Michaela calling for episode two. Um, I loved the fighting in this episode. I thought they did a really, really good job of it. I enjoyed it very much. Uh, Dave and I are both watching the series together now. And um, we are enjoying it. And that's about all I have to say. I will... We're going to watch episode three right now. So I'll send you feedback for that next. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Michaela. Some people don't have to wait a week between episodes. Oh, I'm playing the world's She's smallest like, yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got an email from uh, Heidi. Does anyone want to read that? I've put it in the chat in Skype. No. I can read it. Yay. Hey, guys. Where do I begin? Okay, first thing. I love the flashbacks in this show. I really like little Maddie. Aww. <laughs> I love how we see him taking his first drink and then waking up blind. <laughs> we also, yes. We also see how his father died 
it makes him it makes it even worse because we see Maddie get so excited that his dad won the fight and hear the people chanting his name. Good stuff here. I forgot all of this was in the same episode. I also love the camaraderie between Foggy and Karen. It took me until rewatching this episode to realize where I, I knew Foggy from. The Mighty Ducks! <laughs> what? Yeah, I guess he does look familiar, doesn't he? It was really bugging me on my first watch, though. Um, we see Matt is willing to go really far to get information, even at this point. We also see that Matt Murdock is, isn't some invincible superhero. He's just a man with excellent senses. He could get hurt or killed very easily. Yes, he could. Yeah. I like Claire. Oh, thanks, Heidi. I like you, too. <laughs> this is going to be so confusing. Sorry. It's going to be like an, I'm sure there's a character called Robin coming in and that soccer playing Melanie will come well, in. Well, guys, I, didn't, I, didn't want to, I honestly didn't want to spoil you on this, but I am going to spoil you on something. Are you ready? Okay. 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 My so middle you know name the, is Kingpin. My, yeah, it is. You know the little kid that Matt rescues at the end of the episode? Yes. His name is Robin. No! And you know, Are you Madam, me? And you know Madam Gow mm-hmm. from the first episode? Her first name yeah. is Melanie. Melanie Gow! <laughs> You're bullshitting us. <laughs> Alright. Sorry. So, Alright. So she likes Claire. <laughs> Every superhero should have a doctor to stitch them up. I agree. I love that she names him Mike since, she, since he won't tell her his name. And Matt saves the kid, of course. Really good episode, and I think this one hooked me even more than episode one. Until next time, Heidi. Thank you, Heidi. Thanks, Heidi. Heidi. That was awesome. Mercy. Oh, we I have, have the next voicemail voice queued up. Awesome. Um, this one is from Will. Yay. Hey, guys, this is Will. I just got finished watching the second episode of Daredevil, which I think is called Cut Man. Let me pause this. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm really digging this show. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that we have the show... And then Netflix gave it to us. I know some people may be tired of dark and gritty, but I think it's good for the show. Daredevil should be dark and gritty. I really love uh, Charlie Cox, and he's doing a great job as Daredevil. I'm still not sold on Foggy. I can't remember his name. I don't know, maybe. You just um, did. <laughs> so who played Foggy in the movie? Anyway, um, you want us to answer? And Deborah Ann Wall, I love her from True Blood. I think she's great on this show. Yeah. Cut Man, it was nice to see her character and Foggy have some little bonding time together. And to see Daredevil, you know, he was pretty much with Rosario Dawson the whole time. Oh, I'm a, I'm a big Rosario Dawson fan. I don't know what it is about her, but I think she's wonderful. <laughs> I... I don't think I've ever told anybody this, but I have a dog named Reese, and sometimes I call him Rosario Dogson. Dogson. Anyway, that scene in the hallway was the infamous hallway scene I've been hearing about all week. I think it was pretty good, pretty damn good. So, yeah, hope the show stays great. From what I've heard, it will be great throughout. Looking forward to... Sing more, and I will talk to you guys later. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Will. Well, I, like I, now, I now really want Ro- <laughs> Rosario Dogson to hang out with uh, Vicky, our previous guest cat, and her cat is named Robert Meowney Jr. <laughs> I really want them to hang out together. Aww. I know. Now I want to get a dog and name him Mutt Murdog. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Um, every time, every time Will said Daredevil in that, except for maybe one time, I thought he said Dirt Devil. Uh, like the vacuum. <laughs> like the vacuum. <laughs> That's a different. I want to watch. Yeah, I want to watch the Dirt Devil show. Oh, it's just a vacuum saving little children from bad situations. <laughs> And, oh my and God! I'm will, gonna get a, I'm gonna get another dog and call it Doggy Doggy Nelson. <laughs> oh, God. oh, this is terrible. <laughs> Too many puns. Um, also, Will was asking who played Foggy in the film. I don't know if he meant the film or the TV series. So, if you're listening, Will, it, in the show it's Eldon Henson. In the film, it was John Favreau. There you go. Facts for the day. We've got one more email from Matt A. This is going to get confusing with all the Matts. Does someone want to read it, or shall I read it? I can read, I can it. read it. Okay. Or you, can read it. You, can, you can find it out, guys. Get your rope, Let's wrap go. it around your arms. <laughs> Get your microwave ready. <laughs> Take this, Robin. Microwave. <laughs> I get it. Go ahead. Now I get it. Um, so, Claire, my prediction for Cutman was completely wrong. Rosario, Rosario Dawson is one of the most beautiful, gifted actresses working today. I am absolutely smitten by her, and I hope this wasn't her only appearance on Daredevil. It is. So th- or is it? Spoiler. <laughs> I think I've seen her on. Po- I think I've seen her on posters, so probably not. Um, so this series has a Matt and a Claire, and this podcast has a Matt and a Claire. Too bad there's no comic book character with the name of Robin. <laughs> Hey, I told me. you, the little, the little boy at the end is called Robin, and we've got Madam Melanie Gale. <laughs> <laughs> Matty, you forgot about me. Yeah. Okay. How dare you? Because <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a superhero in real life doesn't mean you get to be a superhero in fiction. <laughs> he was just, he was pointing out that there was a superhero named Robin, who's the, oh. but he's DC. What? He said, too ba- he's sarcastically saying, too oh, bad too there's bad. no comic book oh, hero. I, thought, I didn't Robert. get the sarcasm. I thought he was completely omitting me for some reason. <laughs> You'll have to abuse like, him for it on the next episode of Hoople Cast. You got, something, you got some splaining to do, Matt. Um, <laughs> when Karen was talking about the city and it's all dark corners, I thought, yeah, because the lighting on this show sucks. I'm joking, of course. No, it's intentional. But God damn it, it's dark and yellow. <laughs> Alan Seppenwall on the Firewall and Iceberg podcast said he could watch an hour of Foggy and Karen pub crawling. Me too. And I could too. I love them so much. Can I go out drinking with them sometime, please? <laughs> yeah. Get another podcast I had to skip through. <laughs> we need to do that as a, a field trip for uh, other, our podcast. We need to ring up Eldon Henson and Deborah Wall and just go drinking in New York with them. Kidnap them? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although Daredevil himself is less interesting to me than Foggy and Karen, my best friends in my head. Let's <laughs> admit that Charlie Cox is fantastic in this role. I still can't shake the image of him inside that wooden crate, though. Spoilers. <laughs> Boardwalk Empire viewers know what I'm talking about. Uh, but well, maybe awesome. maybe it's not a spoiler. Maybe Matt A actually ordered a build your own Charlie Cox, and it was delivered in a wooden crate to his house. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Excuse me. But, but awesome job this this episode, Mr. Cox. Claire, is there a flashback episode that shows us how Matt and Foggy met? What's no, saying? don't tell us. Well, that's good, because he says, don't tell us. I seriously don't want you to spoil anything, but I really hope we get the Matt and Foggy backstory. It really upset me when our little Maddie found his dad's corpse in an alley. Yeah, I started to cry. I assumed that Jack Murdoch was leaving a phone message for Maddie's mother. Where the hell has she been? I loved all the flashback sequences with Jack and Maddie. 
I'm no expert in stage combat, so this is difficult for me to articulate, but I was underwhelmed by the hallway fight. Mm. It was well choreographed, to be sure, and I felt the pain of every swing by Matt Murdock, but I didn't feel the impact of any of his punches. Um, those Russians, go- Russian goons seemed to go down pretty easily. Something was off about the entire scene for me, like it took place underwater. Nobody moved with any urgency. Again, it's difficult for me to describe. Obviously, is Matt... Because uh, it is, it's not super fast-paced. It's at some points like quite slow, like we said earlier. Oh, yeah. Then stopping because they're tired. So I can, go, I can get where he's coming from. It's yeah. not just that they stop when they're tired. It's that... There, you like it's all one scene, mm-hmm. and usually in a fight scene they'll get creative with angles, so they yeah. can uh, they can throw a punch from a certain angle, and they don't have to worry about how close they get to the person, mm-hmm. and like they can do it at full power and miss pretty easily, and like if they make mistakes, they can just do it over. Mm-hmm. And, but this is all one shot, so they have to be very deliberate when they're doing their fighting. So that that in turn causes them to be like maybe a bit more hesitant with their punches, mm. not give them as much impact, and like not not just go nuts because they they don't have wiggle room to make mistakes. Yeah, they can't edit around it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Matt walking out with the kidnapped child was a triumphant moment. Matt Murdock, you fucking rock. Yeah. <laughs> That's I what like I say show. every morning when I open my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I like this show, but if I, if they took out the Daredevil stuff and made it into the blind lawyer and and his sarcastic lawyer friend run a law firm for the inner city oppressed show, I would love it like a hundred times more. <laughs> but I'm the person who reads X-Men comics and mostly enjoys the issues where they hang around the mansion playing softball. <laughs> so that's where my, so that's where my sensibilities lie. Anywho, the text preview for next week's episode looks like it might have more of a legal bent, and that that has me optimistic. Also, where's Vincent D'Onofrio? I was promised scenery-chewing Vincent D'Onofrio. When this episode concluded, I wanted to watch the next one, but I restrained myself. Well, I'm just picturing him, like, tying, like, his arms <laughs> down to his chair. Don't touch that remote, Matt. No! <laughs> He's got, like, leather wrist straps in his <laughs> armchair. So I got, He's just doing nothing for, like, yeah, a week. He's sitting in that chair for a week. Uh, <laughs> so I guess it got its hooks in me. Excelsior and so forth, Matt. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> I really wish they would take all the Old West stuff out of Deadwood, though. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. It could just be the show that's about Timothy Oliphant's chest hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I very, very much enjoyed the recent discussion on. <laughs> uh, it does have a funny pattern. <laughs> anyway, uh, Matt A, I've already told these guys that Vincent D'Onofrio appears in episode 13. You just have to wait. It's all about pleasure delaying. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> should we score this this bad boy or this cut man? I should say. I think I think Matt is all about pleasure delaying, anyways, because he does have his wrists tied down. <laughs> <laughs> I think Matt A also has a man crush on Foggy, <laughs> as he should, because Foggy is awesome. <laughs> yeah, me and Matt A should go drinking around New York and just be Karen and Foggy and drink Aww. eels and and go to fish markets. Matt A, the invite is there if you want. It. <laughs> Uh, so, Robin, what's your score? Oh, uh, gosh, why me first? Um, yeah, um, again, this is a second part of a two-part story, I think, and, uh, the first part of that story was perfect, and, uh, so I gave it a 10, 
and I gotta say, uh, <laughs> I may be a bit predictable, but this was awesome too. I was when they laid uh, Matt out on the couch, and I was like, oh man, he's just gonna be, it's just gonna be Matt on a couch all episode. But then we alternated with Foggy and Karen, and then it we had this amazing old boy style hallway fight at the end. It just it won me right over. Uh, so I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 stolen apples. <laughs> Did you like it better than the last week's episode, though? Because you kind of screwed yourself. You kind of screwed yourself giving the last one a 10 because you can't go up from there. Yeah, you blew your wad, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> right now, he's going to give every friggin' episode a 10. <laughs> I'm only going to do it to annoy Mel. <laughs> that is my life's goal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can tell. I can tell. He's going to give it a 10 with a pun. Just to double in for you. Ten with a pun. Matt, what do you think? Uh, I liked this episode better than the first one, and I'm able to show that by giving it a higher score. (laughs) Uh, uh, I'll give it a 9.5 out of 10 old boy hallways. And, yeah, I... I, I like like Robin when he started out with him laid out on the couch. I was like, hmm, how exciting can this episode be? But uh, yeah, they really they really did it. It's uh, really exciting, especially at the end, and uh, very fascinating character stuff. I kind of want the episode now to be just uh, Matt Murdock just laid up on the couch, <laughs> the entire episode, collapsing lungs, yeah. failing livers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I just want this to be a coughing up blood. <laughs> yeah, I want this to be a medical episode. <laughs> three quarters of the episode is Matt in recovery. The last quarter of the episode is always a super awesome fight. It's just a whole. It's just a whole oper- It's like a whole thing of Rosario Dawson playing Operation with Matt Murdock's body. Matt's nose lights up. Oh, that'd be so awesome. Is that kind of like Rudolph the Red Nosed <laughs> Reindeer? <laughs> Mel, what are you going to score it? Yes, I'm, I did like this episode better than the last one, too. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 Braille W. They're confusing. Ah. Um, uh, oh, I forgot to do some feedback from Facebook. I've just realized we had a comment on Facebook from Maggie, who gave us a comment last week as well about this episode, where she said, Brutal fight scene in the hall. I could feel Matt's exhaustion and pain. I loved Karen and Foggy's interaction. Lots of fun. Thanks, Maggie. <laughs> I forgot to read it earlier, so sorry it's a bit late. Um, and I'm going to score this episode. I purposely scored last week's a nine because I also prefer this episode. I... Love this episode. This is one of my favourite episodes, I would say. It's not really a spoiler. Um, again, I think the... I I love the action at the end of it, but I really love the emotional beats in this episode. I got ch- completely bawled my eyes out at a lot of the Jack Murdoch moments because I think the two actors perform them so well. Um, the moment at the end where Matt rescues the boy, I just got very choked up again and the daredevil fan in me was just like oh, i'm watching daredevil i don't know it kind of really sunk in that, you know so i got yeah i this was i was invested already in episode one but this is where i was like oh i'm you know i'm so on board um so i'm gonna give it oh, oh and also karen and foggy are the most adorable drinking buddies ever so i'm gonna give it 10 out of 10 <laughs> bottles of mighty eel strength <laughs> <laughs> we are now filled with 
Um, okay. What if they mutated Average, in the super uh, score villains? For this episode is a 9.5. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Robin. Say that again. Oh, I was going to say the average score for this episode is a 9.5. Yay. Yeah. Sorry, Matt, what were you going to say? I was going to say, well, what if Karen and uh, Foggy mutate into eel supervillains? There is a supervillain called the eel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe. That's in episode uh, d- 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 12. <laughs> 26. I'm running out of episodes. <laughs> I haven't mentioned Um... So we've obviously uh, thanked Steph, who was our special guest this week, um, and we should uh, we've said some of the podcasts you can hear her on, and we should say where people can contact us. Um, so we are on Facebook at the Defenders Podcast. It's a fun place. We post lots of wacky photos with um, various bits and pieces, and there's news and stuff like that. Um, we uh, are on Twitter at at Defenders Pod. You can email us, like everyone did today, and we're very thankful for that. At um, defenderspod at gmail.com so next week guys episode 3 is rabbit in a snowstorm any predictions uh, sequel <laughs> to 8 mile <laughs> well Eminem was known as rabbit right in oh the, was he that, that movie oh yeah oh maybe he moves to Antarctica <laughs> and he's in a snowstorm <laughs> or he moves to Canada he could be in Canada in a snowstorm I've seen Matt Mel's photos <laughs> well Mel I'm sure to be hair raising Oh, what? You missed a pun. Don't ask him to. Re- don't ask him to. I said Mel. It'll no! be hair raising. <laughs> Mel is not impressed. I can, feel, I can feel it through Skype. She's <laughs> going to kill me. So, any any predictions, guys? Oh, jeez. You'll uh, never guess it. You'll never guess it. What I'll say. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I think I think uh, Matt Murdock will decide that his costume is going to be a rabbit. <laughs> he'll briefly try to be a rabbit-themed superhero. Yes, he'll briefly uh, he'll briefly uh, fly up to Canada, or no, maybe, maybe it'll be like uh, from the the comic book where you know where Electra abandoned him in the icy waters. Oh yeah. But it'll be like the same kind of thing. Whereas he'll be wearing a bunny suit though, and he'll be, like trying to get out of the icy waters. <laughs> He'll, like, he'll, he'll be pop sadly up. wandering through the snow just as a rabbit. <laughs> yes. He'll pop up. Through, he'll pop up through the icy waters, reborn as a rabbit team superhero. <laughs> Amazing. While triumphant music plays. Oh. Well, guys, you don't need to watch next week's episode now. <laughs> no, he'll think... be like, he'll, he'll pop out of the waters, and you'll be like, eh, what's up, Doc? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he'll say to Claire because she'll be waiting, and he'll go, eh, what's up, <laughs> I think we're finally going to get Kingpin next episode. I think that's it. That's going to be the thing. That'll be my secondary of the episode. Kingpin next episode. Okay. It's going to happen. I told you it's going to happen in episode 13. I know, but I don't believe you. (laughs) (laughs) Why? (laughs) All lies. How can you not believe me when I say that Madam Girl's first name is Melody? (laughs) 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 Well, uh, we'll see. Chinese origins, after all. (laughs) It's such a Chinese name. We will find out next week. Uh, in the meantime, uh, who's going to say Excelsior this week? X. Dear X Machina. <laughs> no, that's terrible. X. Now Celsior. <laughs> Exciting Eeyore. X. Eel Saucier. Eel Saucier. Aw, yeah. Bunny Rhythmic. Bunny Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. 
you can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at defenderspod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported international license. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it, and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!